Welcome to Making Your Mark with God with your host, Sapphire Berry, where you'll find encouragement from the scriptures and discover how to run the race marked out for you. Now, here's Sapphire. Well, praise the Lord, everybody. This is Sapphire with Milk and Honey Ministries. I'm just lifting up the name of Jesus this day, thanking him for his faithfulness, honoring him. He is such a good God, such a worthy God, such a faithful God. And I just invite you, Holy Spirit, out on purpose to do anything without you as I jump into this lesson in Jesus' name. I'm starting out of my book today, Run the Race, marked out for you. And for those of you who have purchased the book, we're starting in chapter one. And the scripture reference is from 3 John 1 and 2. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou may prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. Character developed. Saying what you mean and meaning what you say. The big nine letter word, integrity. And it all starts with that soul prosperity. Something that's developed and nurtured first on the inside of us. Then it is manifested and developed in our outward world. A dominant player in our character. Let's look at how one of the scholars describes soul prosperity. He states, soul prosperity is like embarking on a journey towards completeness and wholeness inside. God's desire for us to be whole and complete, not just physically, but internally as well in your internal world. See, all that stuff that's going on on the inside of us. Our internal world defines and impacts our external world, not the other way around. So prosperity reflects issues of the heart. What's going on with that hidden man of the heart? Proverbs 4.23 tells us that out of our heart flows the issues of life. That if that inner man is messed up, it is reflected in everything we do. In everything we say, because that inner man is not stable. He is not sound. This is also why the Bible says, guard your heart. Come on now, guard it. He said, don't allow any and everything to get into your heart because it affects the issues of your life. It's your decision maker. See, And one of the signs of an unhealthy soul is our emotions are inconsistent, as defined by Andrew Tan. He states, emotional inconsistency is when our emotions are not proportionate to the adversity or situations that we're dealing with. Our emotions are the external expression of the state of the internal world. I want to look at the life of Job for a minute because I believe his life is an example of soul prosperity. After all that hell Job encountered within those nine months and which to the reader seems like a lifetime, yet he never lost it. He maintained his self-control. 
The Bible says a man in control of himself is greater than a man in control of a whole city. Proverbs 16, 32, out of the Good News Translation. Come on now. His sons and his daughters, his oxen, his donkeys, his sheep, his camel and his servants were all killed, stolen and destroyed in the same day. The house caved in on his children. Fire destroyed his sheep and his servants. The Chaldeans stole his camels and killed the servants watching over them. His oxen and donkeys, the Sibians stole. I mean, like, who would even believe this? Because it's just mind boggling for all this to occur in one day. See, and it blows my mind. You know what Job did? The Bible says he stood up, tore his clothes, shaved his head, fell to the ground, and worshiped God. You kidding me, baby? He said, naked I came out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return. The Lord gave, and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Come on now. See, he maintained his position. He did not allow his emotions and all the loss, the shock, the trauma to his psyche. Come on now, the pain. Yet he didn't allow it to overwhelm him to the degree where he was out of control. The Bible says in all this, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. Huh. Ooh, ooh. And we know the story how Satan attacked his body with painful boils. And stuff. You see, and this was the next phase, like after phase one of killing his children and his 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 livestock. Then he went and started attacking his body. And the Bible says that he attacked him with painful boils from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. And his wife asked him, like, after all of this, you know, Mr. Job, huh, do you still retain your integrity? She said, curse God and die. Job told her, you speak as a foolish woman. And in all this, the Bible says, Job sinned not with his lips. He kept himself. He did not let his emotions get out of control. You talking about tip your hat. Ooh, I tip my hat to Job any day, any time, all day long. See, he stood up under that hell. I say it. It's like, Lord, please. <laughs> like, I don't want to go through the hell Joe went through. And going through that, like I go through my own challenges and my own hell in my world, you know, but I'm, my goal, my purpose is to, to stand, is to hold my position. The Bible says, after you've done everything that you know how to do, stand. And and my my main foundational pastor taught us, and you better not stand there shaking in your boots. You better stand there confident in God, knowing that he's a faithful God. And if he said it, he's coming through. And amen. And what about those three friends of his? 
that so-called came to encourage him, yet they beat him down with their words. Let's look at Job uh, 16. Let's just read those verses, and I want to read it out of the Amplified Translation. Job 16, 1 through 5, the Bible, Bible says, I have heard many such things, wearisome, wearisome, and miserable comforters are you all. Is there no end to your words of when or what plagues you so much that you so boldly answer me like this, that you would talk to me like this? He said, I could also speak like you. He said, but if I were in your place, I I could compose and join words together against you and shake my head at you like we so often do. Come on now, judge somebody and shake our head and our hand at them, condemning them when we don't have all the facts. Corinthians talk about it like you make a decision, you know, and you come forward with something and you don't have all the facts. See, and Job says, but instead I would strengthen and encourage you with the words of my mouth and the consolation and solace of my lips would soothe your suffering and lessen your anguish. See, he said, if it was me and I was in your stead, if everything that has happened to me had happened to you, he said, I would encourage you with my words. I would build you up. I would put life into you. I wouldn't tear you down. Because, see, you know he had to be emotionally devastated, drained beyond recognition, beat up, torn down, lacking understanding of what was actually going on because Job thought it was God attacking him. And hear me now, God only allowed Satan to attack him like that because Job was found worthy to endure that kind of hardship. God knew the integrity of Job's heart. God said, Job didn't say, nor anybody else say, God said, have you considered my my servant Job? how he's a perfect and upright man in the earth, one that fears God and hates evil. See, because God knew Job could and would go through all that hell and not become emotionally shipwrecked and lose the integrity of his heart. Where are you? Where am I? Can God trust you? Can God trust me? See, will we faint in the day of adversity? Are we emotionally shipwrecked? Or are we controlled by our emotions? See, soul prosperity, healthy in our soul, well-balanced and stable, sound in our emotions in that internal world. He said, beloved, I wish above all, above all that you prosper in your soul and be in health, complete, balanced, even as your whole being is in sync. See, first in that inner man, that hidden man of the heart, then that sound functional ability begins to take place on the outside in that external man. 
See, so prosperity is what causes us to go to the next level. This process helps us get to the other side. And some of us never make it to our final height, our highest height. And a good example of this is in Numbers 32.5, where nine and a half of the 12 tribes went into the promised land. And 12, excuse me, two and a half stayed on this side of the promised land. And this was their choice. This wasn't God's perfect will for them, the fullness thereof. They saw the land as good and maybe better for their cattle. But hear me now. Don't you know that God knew they had cattle that needed to be grazed? See, good is not necessarily God. Good does not mean it's the best. And what God has for us is always better than what we have envisioned for ourselves. Listen to this little devotion for the day someone sent me. God's way is always better than your way. His plan is bigger than your plan. His dreams for your life is more rewarding, more fulfilling, better than you've ever dreamed of. See, we got to let God be God. Because what he has for us is always the best. Let's look at Numbers 32. I wanted to look at that with you. Numbers 32. If you would go in your Bibles to Numbers 32. And let's start in verse one. So we can get the just the full impact of really what went down here. It says, now the sons of Reuben and the sons of Gad had very large herds of cattle. And they saw the land of Jazer and the land of Gilead on the east side of the Jordan River. And indeed, the place was suitable for raising livestock. So the sons of Gad and of Reuben came and spoke to Moses, to Eleazar the priest, and to the leaders of the congregation. Now, they said the land, I'm jumping down to verse 4. It says, the land which the Lord conquered before the congregation of Israel is a land suitable for livestock. And your servants have like a very large herd of livestock. They said, if we have found favor in your sight, let this land be given to your servants as a possession. Do not take us across the Jordan River. But Moses said to the sons of Gad and the sons of Reuben, shall your brothers go to war while you sit here? Now, why are you discouraging the hearts of the Israelites from crossing over into the land which the Lord hath given them? This is what your fathers did when I sent them from Kadesh Barnea to see the land. For when they went up to the valley of Eshkol, they saw the land. They discouraged the hearts of the Israelites so that they did not want to go into the land which the Lord had given them. And the Lord's anger was kindled on that day. And he swore an oath saying, none of the men who came up from Egypt from 20 years old and upward shall see the land which I promised to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, because they have not followed me wholly. 
not completely. They were willing to settle and not go in and take and receive the land that the Lord had given them. The Lord had conquered before the congregation of Israel, their enemies in these towns. And by them settling, they were discouraging the hearts of the other tribes from crossing over into the land which the Lord had given them. See, we can follow God, but not wholly, not completely, not to the full. See, not to the full extent. And the bottom line is it's a lack of trust. See, it's about wholly, completely following the Lord. Twelve went out, but only two came back with a good report, Caleb and Joshua. The other ten were in fear and came back with a negative report. See, the glass was half empty and not half full. It's so important how we see things. The 10 said, the people be strong that dwell in the land. The cities are walled and very great. There are giants in the land and we be not able to go up. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers and so we were in their sights. Look at this statement that they're saying. You talking about speaking death. Help us, Holy Ghost. Come on now. But Caleb stilled the people and said, let us go up at once and possess it. For we are well able to overcome it. He was emotionally stable and not controlled by fear. And see, Moses is reminding them how this is the same thing that happened before with your fathers. And now here come you know, here you come asking to stay on this side of Jordan and not go over into the promised land. And Moses is telling them this will discourage the people from crossing over the Jordan River and going into the land that the Lord hath given them. See, don't settle. That's why some walk in 30 and some in 60 because. They're not able to follow God completely, not wholly to the full. They don't have it in them. They settle saying, I'm good right here. I am good right here because they don't have the energy to fight and go on through to 30, excuse me, to 100. There's a scripture in Hebrew that talks about that if you draw back, my soul will have no pleasure in you. Hebrews 10, 38, because you lack faith. Are you scared? Or you don't trust God to the extent where you're willing to get out of the boat. God had already proven himself to them. See, he had already conquered the enemies. I just read that. So now how do you doubt God? How do you walk in fear? And he said, if you draw back, because you're scared, my soul will have no pleasure in you. As well as in the natural, the decisions that we make affect other people. You may think it's your decision, but that decision is not only affecting you, it's affecting you and those around you. And sometimes it affects the next generation under you. And hear me now, somebody is always watching you 
always. Everyone has a lot and inheritance from the Lord. And your lot will yield for you because it's your lot. When the children of Israel went into the promised land, it wasn't like a school bell ringing after school and the children scatter and just go all kind of ways. No, there was a specific allotment like Simeon's lot fell towards Beersheba. Issachar's lot fell toward Jezreel. Zebulon's lot went up towards the sea. Benjamin's lot went up towards the south of Jericho on the north side. It was specific because that's where the blessing was for them. And we need to get with the program because God's got a specific place for us. And in that place, the blessing is there for us. The sea would give up for Zebulon. The land would yield increase to them when they were in their destined place. See, there was a plan. God had a plan. And hear me, Moses, Joshua, and the priests would cast the lot, but it was the Lord that made the decision. And Proverbs 16, 30 says, the lot is cast into the lap, but it's every decision is from the Lord. Always. God was the one who made the decision. If we can see the vision and run with what God has for us, it's always better. It's always the best. It'll cost now, but it will be the best. This is one of the reasons why Jesus said some are going to receive 30 and some 60 and some 100. See, Reuben and Gad received 30 or 60 because they didn't want to push to walk in the 100 and go into the fullness of what God had for them. And everything is dependent upon us. See, Are there circumstances, trials, pitfalls to keep you from getting there? Absolutely. That's also why some are satisfied with 30, because it it costs you more. It's a fight because it doesn't cost as much to operate at a 30 level at that higher level. And I'm not talking about money. Yes, money may be a part of it, but I'm talking about you. I'm talking about me, the effort, the energy, the task, the process. See, the process is tedious. It's draining. It takes discipline, long suffering, self-control, knowledge, insight, understanding, revelation, wisdom, to be on top of the external issues of life. That's why the word says my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge because what we don't know, not only does it hurt us, it inhibits us. It ties us up. You know how um, the Bible talks about over there in the gospel about if a strong man comes into your house, the only way he can come in there and spoil or steal your goods is if he ties you up. See, and in the in the spiritual realm, it like if we lack knowledge, it ties us up. It keeps us from moving forward. It causes us to walk in error, to be led by the spirit of error and not the spirit of truth because we lack knowledge. See, that's why there's a major celebration for those who hit 
the mark for those who achieve. See, for those who hit the mark because it wasn't a cakewalk. I heard Juanita Bynum say some years ago how some of the saints wanted her handkerchief, thinking that they could get her anointing through that hanky. But baby, it cost her to walk in that anointing. See, can you drink of her cup that birthed that anointing? And the thing is, there was significance behind Jabez's life. Exactly what? Scripture does not reveal. But John tells us in John 21, 25, that there were many other things that Jesus did, but everything could not be written. There's not a book in the world that can hold everything that happened during the biblical time frame. But again, there was something significant that happened with Jabez. We know that his mother said, I bear him with sorrow. There is a lot of speculation about that because some scholars say he was a big baby that caused his mother extreme pain bearing him. Other scholars say he had some sort of handicap. That's why it's all so important to work from you, from your life, because you don't know their story. You don't know where Jabez was. We don't know if he had a handicap. We don't know what went on in Jabez's life. You know, the grass always looks greener on the other side, but you don't know their story. We see them. We see the glint. You know, but we don't know what it took for them to get to the other side. We don't know what hell they walked through. You know, we don't know where they come from. Because whatever that thing was, whatever that thing, whether he was born with some kind of handicap or whatever, nobody wants to claim that. Yet everybody wants to jump on the caboose of his blessing of, oh, that you would bless me and enlarge me. Jabez paid that cost of that title that Jabez was more honorable, more noble, more upright, more honest, worthy of respect, high esteem, fairness in his dealings, fidelity to principles or obligation. As I stated before, don't you know that those words mean something? He earned that, which enabled him to walk at that level and go before God and say, oh, that you would bless me and enlarge me because I have proven myself. You know who I am. You know the integrity of my heart. You know that I can take five and turn it and make 10. So enlarge me. Give me some more because I can handle it. See, and hear me. You can have it too but it's going to be based on you and you only. We got to pray out of our own souls from our own journey. We got to ask God to bless us from us, from where we are coming from, from what we have gone through, from our heart situation, not another man's. And I don't want us blindsided by blessings and glory and glit. You can have as much of God as you want. You can walk with God at whatever level you want to walk with God. Just buckle up, baby, because at every level you will encounter a new devil. And it's not necessarily all the time a new devil. It's the challenge of walking or getting to that higher level. I'm striving to get to the next level 
Some days are way more challenging than others. It is a fight. Believe me, and I'm not speaking from a condescending place. It is a fight. That's why Paul said, I fought a good fight. I finished my course. There is a crown laid up for me. See, because it was a fight. And it's deception if you think it's not. There's always a cost to reach the high calling, whatever that high calling may be. You can go after your passions in the natural. Just stay balanced, emotionally stable, sound in your soul, and allowing nothing to have you. Remember how the book of Proverbs says that a man in control of himself, in control of himself, is greater than a man in control of a whole city. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm going to stop there and we're going to chew on that. (laughs) Bless God. Bless the Lord. We want to grow up. We want to grow up. We want to be pleasing. You know, we want to experience emotion, uh, emotional stability, soul prosperity. We want God to be able to trust us. We want to be able to go to the next level. You know, where we're strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, might, you know, ready to hit that next level. Because the Bible says we go from faith to faith, from glory to glory. But you don't get there until you conquer that level. Then you hit that next level. You know, we want to be able to conquer every level. Amen. Praise the Lord. (laughs) The Lord love you. Go online and get my book. <laughs> Run the race marked out for you. You can go to my email, uh, milk in small in honey ministry at gmail.com, or you can go to Amazon, or you can go to www.run the race marked out for you, or you can go to my podcast. Check out my podcast, making your mark with God.com. All one word, making your mark with God.com. You know, and you can listen to any of my videos and you can order my book from there. May the blessing of the Lord rest upon you. I love you. God loves you. Jesus loves you. You know he did. He died for us to have victory. The Bible said he came that we may have life and have it more abundantly. We were living already. Come on now. He said, but he wanted us to have life more abundantly. So praise God. Let's shoot to walk in that life more abundantly. In Jesus' name, amen. to Making Your Mark with God. To catch all our past episodes, visit makingyourmarkwithgod.com.